We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All season long, there's been a simmering debate. Do the Red Sox have enough of a bullpen? The bullpen by committee thing was tried in 03 and famously dashed when they finally buckled down and brought in Byung-Hyun Kim. Well, 16 years later, we once again maybe have reached that point where it's gimme Byung-Hyun Kim Kardashian, if it means not allowing two in the eighth and five in the ninth. It was a rainy, disappointing Tuesday night at Fenway. It's a game that got way away sometime around the stroke of midnight. Felled by those noted power hitters Greg Allen and Jordan Luplow in the ninth inning. Yeah, Cleveland takes game two of the three-game series. We will grumble about it now. I'm Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lewis. Early in the evening Tuesday night, the first pitch thrower at the White Sox game went viral with a salute to 50 Cent. Some chick left-handed one from the mound at 55-degree angles, somehow, like, so far off to the left, it went right into the lens of the photographer's Nikon. That lady would have had a a fit-right-in moment in the top of the ninth at Fenway. Josh Lewin with you. This was a scoreless game, believe it or not, through five and a half. And then just chaos, and we'll detail it for you at least a little bit here. It was a game delayed in the second inning, 69 minutes, Giggity, a game where David Price sparkled, but then the bullpen pooped the bed. Cleveland had entered tonight 0 for 24 when trailing after 6, 0 and 23 when trailing after 7, 0 and 23 when trailing after 8. So that's a stunning five-run ninth for Cleveland, wouldn't you say? Seven of five Indians the final, and we'll get back to that ninth in just a moment. Let's lead with David Price, though, because he's now seventh in the American League in ERA. 2.83 as he goes six scoreless. He was matched against the rookie, Zach Plesak, the nephew of Dan. And I I tell you what, since Fenway opened, which I I do believe was 1912, there have been only three pitchers who went at least five shutout innings at the Red Sox expense in their big league debuts. Kyle Davies did it in 05 Brian Tallett in 02, Derek Botello in 1982. Well, Plesak almost became the fourth man on this list. It wasn't until Bogart singled Endeavors, who had tripled, and finally, he had some action in this game. First career triple for Devers, and let's stop down on that one for just a moment. That was a stunning realization that Devers had never tripled before. And we had talked a little bit earlier in this series about how maybe the most stunning thing in baseball right now is Cleveland doesn't have a single triple all year. I've always been fascinated by triples, so indulge me. I'm just going to get you away from the bullpen meltdown for a second. The most exciting play in sports, unless it's an inside-the-park home run, I get that. But it's also the least common sight in a baseball box score right now, except the balk and the triple play. At the, the turn of last century, 
home runs were the rarest hit in baseball, talking about 1900 or so. Now it is triples that account for about one, maybe 2% of all base hits. Home runs account for about 15%. And parks are smaller these days. The hitters are bigger. You probably have heard all the reasons why. But a triple gets hit about every 205 at-bats these days. I was just surprised Devers had never had one. And part of it is risk-reward. You're told never to make the first or last out at third base, so why bust tail and take a chance on a triple when you're already in scoring position with your double? And nobody talks about this one, but to me, triples aren't usually a negotiating advantage come contract time. Jim Palmer tells a great story about how he once asked his teammate Davey Johnson why he pulled up at second late in a blowout game rather than coast into third with what looked like an easy triple. And reason was, Davey had a doubles clause in his contract. There, There is no such thing as a triples clause. As you look at the Red Sox triple leaders over the years, and I'm sure that's something you've done a lot, I'm, I'm just really interested in this. I mean, there have been very few Red Sox that actually lead the league in such a thing. You had Garcia Parra do it in 97. You had Johnny Damon do it in 02. Ellsbury came close to doing it in 09. But the last guy to to outright lead the league in triples for the Red Sox before Ellsbury, I, I just found this fascinating, was Carlton Fisk. Yeah, the catcher. Uh, he was young then. It was 1972, but he led with nine. Jim Rice also had back-to-back 15 triple seasons. I never would have guessed that did I not get my hands on a Red Sox media guide. So anyway, hope you like that interlude about triples. I'm just trying to distract you from the, the real nonsense of this ball game here on a Tuesday night. Uh, I, I guess when last we left, Price was wrapping up six innings, one walk, six strikeouts, nothing wrong with him. Brandon Workman is scoreless seventh, but then Marcus Walden, who's getting the higher leverage looks of late, he faltered in the eighth. He, he allowed a couple of runs. He needed Matt Barnes to come in and get him out of the soup. And then the very forgettable ninth, where it was Brazier asked to bring it in, couldn't do it. Travis Lakins who should not really even be on the team right now. I I think we can all agree on that. Those two combined for 42 pitches, five runs allowed, a couple of home runs, four walks. There was the tie-breaking double to freaking Jordan Luplo, which sounds like uh uh-oh, which is kind of where this went. Mookie probably should have made the catch. It was going to be a sack fly anyway to break a 5-5 tie, but he had the ball go out of his glove. It went for a double. So you got Brazier... Last year, 33 innings, seven walks, two home runs allowed, okay? This year so far, it is 23 innings instead of 33. Same number of walks. He's already up to the five home runs allowed, not two. And it's 10 earned runs as opposed to six. So the the Brazier magic has just kind of wafted away. And and as for Lakins, the Ohio Stater, uh, Sloopy could not hang on. Uh, Three walks allowed and the key double to the career 211 hitter Jordan Luplo. Overall, in three innings of work, the bullpen needed 87 pitches, only 42 of which were strikes. And the game ended up getting tied in the ninth by a guy who had been four for 44 without a single home run. In fact, three career homers in 140 major league games. Guy by the name of Greg Allen, who played for the late Tony Gwynn at San Diego State. Uh, He's a nice kid, but he's just a placeholder for Bradley Zimmer, who's recovering from shoulder surgery. Not a guy who should be homering. You can make the argument that Roberto Perez should not be homering the lead off that inning either. But anyway, to the bottom of the ninth, the Red Sox actually had an opportunity. Mookie able to walk with one out. Devers gets one that maybe he, he could have crushed against Brad Hand, but he settles for a hard single to make it two on, one out. Up comes Bogarts with a chance to win it. 
strikes out against an 80-mile-an-hour slider. So it's two out, two on for J.D. Martinez, who already had two doubles in the game. That after a two-home run game the night before. But more sliders from the Cleveland lefty, more sleight of hand, if you will. And the strikeout of J.D. Martinez ends the ball game. So uh, a few other things that I guess we can point out is decent in this one. Devers, two more hits. He's hitting three twenty nine. Bogarts had two hits. We mentioned the two doubles from J.D. Martinez. Chavis, a couple really nice plays in the field, and he had an RBI in the game. Brock Holt comes back to the lineup. He has a hit. Steve Pierce with a hit and an RBI. Jackie Bradley got on base a couple times. So you put that in the blender along with Price and and the scoreless inning from from Workman, and those are the good things. But just uh, watching that bullpen just completely blow it up. And, And the Red Sox now 29 and 26. They had a chance to gain a little bit in the AL East. They couldn't do it. They're now six and a half behind the Yankees. And thankfully, those Padres went in and actually beat the Yankees in the rain in New York. But this was, uh, this was regrettable. It's the first time the Indians have trailed by three runs after eight and still somehow won by two without needing extra innings, that is, since 05. So, man, and they scored 11 in the top of the ninth in that one back in 05 to beat the Royals. So very, very unusual that this Cleveland team could get this done. They're now even Steven 27 and 27. They needed that because Minnesota is pulling away in the AL Central. The Sox, as we mentioned, now six and a half games out. And at least they're not going to get swept. And, and this is kind of a cool stat. Since August of 2017, the Red Sox have now played 70 series of at least three games They have been swept only one time. That's amazing. That was last season in August at Tampa Bay. And I'll throw you this one. At least season finales have gone well this year. The Red Sox are 12-5 and in the final games of a series this year. They're undefeated in their their last eight. So we can look forward to that on Wednesday. Remember, the game has been moved up an hour, back an hour, that is, to uh, accommodate for the Bruins game, too. So it's a 6-10 first pitch. We'll get to the, the actual starting pitchers for you in just a moment. But... Let's listen to Alex Cora trying to kind of deflect, as I've been doing throughout this podcast, trying to give you something else to look at, a little red herring, because it's just depressing thinking about this bullpen now becoming the problem a lot of people thought it was going to be. Here is Alex Cora after the game. I mean, you saw what happened there. Um, You know, 3-2 count to Perez, and then, um, you know, the command wasn't there. You know, slide of the fastball, so... He tried to elevate against Allen. He wasn't able to get it there. He put a good swing on it. Um, the walk before that, so I have to take him out there. You know, um, the stuff wasn't as crisp as we were talking about before the game. It, it seems like the fastball was had the hop um, the last few days, and the slider was uh, a lot better than early in the season, but he didn't have it today. Um, how uncharacteristic was it to see Walden struggling to get the strike zone? And uh... yeah, I mean, he's been he's been great dominating the strike zone. And you know, um, thinking we were we were trying to go away against certain batters, uh, it was like just off, and you know, it, it wasn't a good night for him either. You know, it, it was one of those that you know, like like I said early today. You know, we we gotta find people to you know we're trusting guys to to get high leverage outs in, in, in those situations. Uh, um, you know, we had to bring Barnsey, and he did a good job, but, you know, we, we can't do that on a nightly basis, and those guys, you know, work, and and um, <clears throat> Waldy had done an outstanding job. Heater, he was, you know, 
we would we stay away from him today. He's been pitching a lot, but you know, there's stress there. It's just a bad night, you know. Um, too many walks and not command of the pitches, and you know we pay the price. And prior to the, oh, prior to that, what did you see from Price? Uh, that was that was good. That was good. Uh, in tough conditions, obviously a rain delay, but he was able to give us uh, the six innings. Command was good. Velocity was great. Uh, just another good one for for him. You start looking at the numbers, and you know he's having a great season. How tough was it there having to bring Barnes in early and kind of mess up the plan? Obviously, he would be kind of the ninth inning guy. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. But, but you know, Wally has been amazing. You know, it's just that bad night. That's it. But uh, you know, we were lining up, lined up for that. You know, work and Waldy, and then go to go to Barnsey. And uh, when we had to bring him for two outs, you know, that was that was it. You know, like I've been saying all along, we got to take care of him. Other questions? John, one more. Are you rethinking at all the idea that you don't need a guy in the ninth inning? Has anything happened in the last couple of weeks to to make you reconsider that? No, no. I mean, we feel that we've done an outstanding job so far, so, you know, nothing's going to change right now. All right, so there is the manager. The Red Sox losing for the second time this year when leading after eight. They're now 22-2. and Famously, they lost only once all of last year in that situation. The two home runs in the ninth inning, that's the latest the teams allowed multiple home runs in a single inning during the regular season since 2017. They did that at Yankee Stadium. And a darn shame for Price, who continues to have the best ERA among Red Sox starters, but he's still stuck with not a lot of wins to show for it. So we promised you a look at what's coming up here. It's going to be Ryan Weber on Wednesday. And and Alex Cora set some modest goals before Weber's last game. He said he hoped Weber would just last four, maybe five innings. Well, a 28-year-old righty did a lot better than that. He allowed one run over six in that game up in Toronto that the Sox won on a, a day game, getaway game 8-2. to two. Weber giving up three hits. He struck out four, didn't walk anybody. 93 pitches, only one of which reached 90 miles an hour. But he worked both sides of the strike zone very well. Uh, I thought he was very good. Shane Bieber will go for Cleveland. That's another Cleveland player with a musical tint to his name. They already have Carlos Santana. And now here's Bieber, who just turned 24. They've had a lot of young pitchers. Kluber is their only starter born in the 80s, and of course he's out right now. Bieber, the uh, UC Santa Barbara product, the Gauchos, their playful motto out there is, we gaucho back. And in a way, that's what Bieber is around to do for their bullpen. He's not the headline guy in the rotation. He's basically in the rotation to chew up innings and make sure everything is in order. Guy that throws a lot of strikes, throws a lot of sliders, especially this year, 33% sliders as opposed to about 20% last year. He just throws strikes. He doesn't beat himself. He knows who he is, doesn't try to be Trevor Bauer or Kluber or whatever. Uh, He's a guy with a a 5-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio for his career. So that's what the Sox are up against, that and trying to just shake the memory of probably the worst loss of the year. I mean, there were a bunch of really bad ones on that first road trip, I understand. Believe me, I was there and I watched it with my own two eyeballs, but... I'm sorry, when you're up five, or excuse me, up two, and then give up five in the ninth, and you're giving up the, the big hits to guys like Greg Allen and Jordan Luplo, and, uh, and you just can't throw strikes, it, it's time to maybe reevaluate and reassess. And this is not chicken little stuff. This is not just kind of flying off the handle because one game did not go well. And I, I heard the same interview you, you did with Alex Cora. It, just, it sounds a little whistling past the graveyardy right now. I mean, you can point to the numbers and say that, hey, the bullpen's ERA this year, almost exactly the same as the bullpen's ERA last year. 
but it, it's the eyeball test. You, you just look at what it appears to be. You, you feel what you feel. Uh, if anybody saw that stupid-ass Pikachu movie, uh, the, the Ryan Reynolds-ass Pikachu, he, he says you, you feel it in your jellies, and, and, and he can't articulate exactly what jellies are. In fact, he admits he just made it up. But down in your jellies, do you really feel comfortable about Brazier right now? And even Workman with a scoreless inning in this one, with, with a solid ERA, very few hits allowed, he's just walking too many. And I love the Ryan Weber story. But it just seems like the shine is off that star a little bit of late. Uh, Travis Lakins is working in the ninth inning in a tie game. I mean, that, that's what we're looking at here. And that, that tells me that maybe it's time to make an adjustment. But there's, uh, there's always Craig Kimbrell. There's always a trade possibility. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Kirby Yates as a Boston Red Sox, but I, I think the Padres are going to want to hang on to him because they think they're, they're still in a race over in the NL West. But... There will be other ideas that come up, I'm sure. And again, you're trying not to overreact just because of one really bad night out of the bullpen. But you got to call it what it is. This was a really bad night out of the bullpen. So let's move along. Let's look forward to Wednesday. Hopefully Ryan Weber, the baby-faced assassin, can, can get something done here. Congratulations to, uh, to Devers on that first triple. Hope you enjoyed that little sidelight. That's about all I got. Signing off for now, Josh Lewin. Again, the final 7-5 Clee on a rainy Tuesday at Fenway. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 